This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Hello and welcome to another episode of Trash Talk with TK. I'm TK Tom Kelly as we uh, head into a huge game for the Eagles on Sunday as they take on the Dallas Cowboys at the link. Eagles 7-1, and one, Cowboys 5-2. and two. I mean, the Dallas games are always big, but an unbelievable opportunity for the Eagles this week to put a stranglehold on the NFC East for sure. But also, I mean, this conference in general, when you look at the 49ers struggling, when you look at the Seahawks not really being what we expected them to be this season, um, you know, a lot of teams in the NFC dealing with with quarterback injuries and, and, and health as far as that's concerned, the Kirk Cousins injury uh, this past week, uh, an unbelievable opportunity for the Eagles to take hold of that division and to put themselves in a really good spot to get the one seed as they enter the really difficult part of their schedule coming up after the bye week. And we'll get to that coming up uh, and talk a lot about the Eagles and Cowboys and preview that game coming up this weekend. Uh, but before that, I need to address what, what happened with the Sixers this week because I haven't been on WIP since the trade of James Harden to the Los Angeles Clippers where the Sixers end up bringing back collection of players, uh, Nick Batum, Robert Covington, who I know a lot of people are excited about returning to Philadelphia, Marcus Morris, and a number of draft picks. And, you know, my reaction initially to that trade was somewhat of an ambivalence a little bit because, you know, I I think we all were in agreement that James Harden being here was not going to work for the Sixers in the short term or the long. You know, he was not going to be happy. We have seen numerous times throughout his career that an unhappy James Harden is not is not a positive thing for an organization to have around. It's just not. Like, James Harden is going to come in if he's not happy. He's going to be a baby. He's not going to play hard. And it's probably going to be a negative factor for your team. Now, that being said, going into this, you know, I was kind of of the thought process of Daryl Morey's got to treat this pragmatically. And to get the most, you're probably going to have to wait this out to a degree and, you know, maybe kind of play this out for at least a few months. Um, instead, Daryl Morey makes the trade right now. And the way I, I, I view it is pretty simple here. Um, this is a move to make another move. Like, this is not the end piece. Because if this was was just, you know, the final 
deal you're getting for James Harden, and this is a final return, it wouldn't be be satisfactory. You know, it, it wouldn't be uh, something that enhances this team's title odds this year. The collection of players they brought back, as this team is currently constituted right now, it doesn't change a whole lot. It's still Joel Embiid, it's Tyrese Maxey, and it's a bunch of other pieces, and right now the Sixers, as it stands, they're probably like the fourth best team in the East. Like, I would put Milwaukee, Boston, and probably Miami over them at this point, but they're probably the fourth best team in the East. But I do think, looking at it now, and seeing what they got, this was the best possible scenario, because this gives the Sixers something that prior to making this deal, they just didn't have. And that is flexibility. You know, that is opportunity. That is the chance to be able to go out and make another move and to get these other assets. Because, you know, what you got back, you didn't get a Norman Powell. You didn't get a turns man. Some of the players who were mentioned as, as being, you know, the best players the Sixers could maybe get in a, in a Clippers deal for James Harden. But I don't think that's what Daryl Morey was looking for, to be honest with you. Like, I know that a lot of the talk over the last few weeks was that the big hang-up in this deal was Terrence Mann and the Clippers not wanting to trade him. I don't really think the Sixers had a ton of interest in him anyway because I think what Daryl Morey was looking to to get here more than anything is draft picks, which he got. He got a couple first-round picks. got a number of second-round picks in this deal as well. But he also wanted that cap space. He wanted the opportunity to either sign a player in free agency this summer or be able to trade for a player at the deadline who might want out of their current situation and might be unhappy. I mean, you're already seeing in Chicago, they're having issues early in the season. Zach Levine's name has been mentioned. His name has been mentioned in the past. Donovan Mitchell with the Cavaliers. Maybe he's a guy who who isn't happy with that situation right now. And it's the NBA. Like, this is the NBA. There are probably going to be, just if you look back at at NBA history in recent years here, there are probably going to be two to three players of, of, like, star caliber who want to get traded by the deadline that we're not even talking about, we're not even thinking about right now. And, I mean, I have no idea who those players could be. Like, um... Who knows? Maybe the Suns thing could blow up to the extent that Kevin Durant wants out again. You know, and and I I don't think that's likely to be the scenario, but just throwing out kind of a name of like, this is the kind of thing that happens in the league. And overall, I think what the Sixers got in return for James Harden now puts them in a better position to go out and make a move for one of those disgruntled superstars at the deadline or in the offseason when that kind of thing becomes available. And what this trade has done that I didn't honestly think was possible, but it is kind of exciting to me personally, is it's made me interested in the season. Because I'm not going to lie to you, man. Like, going into it, after what happened last year in the playoffs, and just the build-up fatigue of the last five to six years of this team constantly getting to the postseason – and constantly breaking our hearts and letting us down and not being able to get over the hump. It was really hard for me to get to a point where I could buy back in and be excited about the Sixers this season. 
or I could be excited about watching these games on a night-to-night basis. It's just, it wasn't something that, that I thought was going to happen this year. And it felt like, okay, well, we're going to wait. We're going to, you know, slog our way through the season and, and they'll show us when we get to the playoffs. I'm excited to see what this team looks like now. And more than anything, I'm excited to see what it looks like because of Tyrese Maxey. And this is kind of why, like, immediately after that Boston series, I was of the thought process of James Harden cannot be on this team. You know, as time went on, I didn't really want him to play. I thought maybe you just hold on to him, you send him home um, to kind of preserve his value because he was the chip that you had to trade. In the end, I think the assets that you got were better than just James Harden on his face. But as far as the the product on the floor now this year, I am so excited to see what Tyrese Maxey can do. And it's why I thought Harden couldn't be on this team. It's why I thought he couldn't play. Because James Harden's presence here was a negative force for Tyrese Maxey. And not that I think Harden like rubbed off on him or affected him or, or, or made him play worse or made his attitude worse because Tyrese Maxey, I mean, the kid has one of the best work ethics, one of the best attitudes of, of any player out there right now. Um, but I just thought Harden's presence here on the floor was going to prevent Tyrese Maxey from be- becoming the player that he could become, you know, because Harden is so ball dominant because he is going to want to run the offense. He does want the ball in his hands so much. And for Tyrese Maxey to make that next leap, for him to get to the next level, he needs that responsibility. He needs to be the guy running the offense. He needs to be the guy taking, you know, 15 shots a night, taking five, six threes a night. And you're seeing it already early in the season. And it's not, there are going to be some growing pains here. Like what Tyrese Maxey's done so far this year, it's not going to just be that way all year long. He's going to go through some growing pains. He's going to have some struggles at some point here. But what we are seeing with Tyrese Maxey early on in the season is is so exciting because I don't think it's impossible that by the end of the year, Tyrese Maxey's a top 20 player in this league. I think that potential is there, and he would never reach it with James Harden here. Like, Tyrese Maxey needed this kind of responsibility. He needed this kind of, of workload to take his game to the next level. And it's it's weird because when Harden first got here, Harden actually helped Maxie a lot. Like, I think at that point in his career, it was different. I mean, Maxie was in his second season. Um, in his first year, didn't play a ton. You know, Ben Simmons was here as a starting point guard. So Maxie didn't have a, a ton of, of time on the floor. Now, as the end of the season came up that year, he played more. Um, made an impact in the playoffs, specifically game six against Atlanta. Uh, Maxi came in and pretty much won the Sixers that game. Um, but I think in his second season, you had all the Simmons drama. Maxi's kind of running the show. I think that was a little too much at that point. So Harden's presence helped him then. But now Maxi's ready to take that leap. He's ready to take another leap. And I've never, uh, I don't want to say I've never seen a player, but it's rare to see a player like Tyrese Maxi who just, there aren't really, like, peaks and valleys with him. It's just, like, a steady increase in the way that he plays. Like, he just continually gets better. That is rare, man. That is really, really abnormal. 
as far as player growth goes, especially in the NBA. Like, there are going to be ups and downs. There are going to be peaks and valleys. With Maxi, kid just steadily gets better. And I do think it's a testament to his work ethic. I do think it's a testament to his attitude. And with Nick Nurse coaching this team, which I do think is a significant upgrade. I mean, I think Nick Nurse is the best coach the Sixers have had, honestly, maybe since Larry Brown. Um, I don't think Doc was a very good coach. Uh, I don't think Doc got the most out of that roster. Brett Brown was what he was. I think Brett Brown was a good coach for a young, developing team. I don't think Brett Brown was a head coach who was ready for the responsibility when the Sixers were legitimately competing for championships. Nick Nurse, championship-level coach. And Nick Nurse not only won a title, but won a title with a team that had just one star. That is not normal in the NBA. Typically, you have multiple stars. Now, obviously, like the Sixers won't be able to answer any of the big questions we have until the postseason. Um, you know, And the questions will remain until then. Can this team get over the hump? Can they respond in adverse situations? Can they win in the playoffs? We don't know uh, until that point comes, but you got Tyrese Maxey, you got Joel Embiid, and you have options now. You have options to make this team better. You have the ability to go out and make a big move, hopefully by the deadline so you do have a legit chance this season because if the Sixers really want to make a run at a title this year, I just don't see it happening with this roster. I think this can be a pretty good team. Like, if this is the team that they have for the rest of the season, I think this team can win 50 games and be the 3-4 seed in the East in that range. I think that's absolutely possible. Um, But to put yourself in the best situation, I think you do need to go out and get another star player. And I don't know who that's going to be, but there are going to be options, man. There's going to be somebody. And now with these picks, with the cap space that the Sixers have, uh, this was the best possible way to go. And, hey, we've all been critical of Daryl Morey. I've been critical of Daryl Morey at times, even though I think Daryl Morey was, I mean, we can't overlook the fact that he took over an atrocious situation um, when he came in here after the Elton Brand era where, the Sixers just didn't have much of anything. They had the Horford contract, the Josh Richardson contract. Um, it was a really bad spot to be in. And Daryl Morey, really starting with the Tyrese Maxey draft pick in 2020, started to change things. I still think, even though we look back at the Simmons situation and say, well, Harden was a disaster at the time, I still think getting James Harden was a positive outcome for that team. So I got to give Daryl Morey credit here. I think he made the best of a bad situation. He got he got legitimate value um, for James Harden. Maybe not the type of player you would want to get for a guy like that, but you got the ability to go out and make another move. And that's something the Sixers just did not have before this trade. Uh, so I think it's a good trade. I've really come around even more on it in the last few days. And I'm excited for this team, and I'm excited to see what they can do uh, moving forward here. So so that's kind of my take on the hard trade and the Sixers situation. Overall, I like it, and I think it gives this fan base 
Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Something it desperately needed, which is hope. You know, I I think after last season, that Celtics loss was so crushing, maybe in a different way than the Phillies and Diamondbacks, Um, but it was just crushing because it felt like there was no hope anymore. Felt like we got hope back. And with the Sixers, you're always kind of hesitant to buy in. Um, But I do think that was a good move. It gives this team an opportunity to maybe do something to help them down the road. Uh, so good move overall from Darren Warren. Now I want to talk about the big game this weekend, Eagles-Cowboys, Sunday, 425 at the link, Eagles 7-1, Cowboys 5-2. and two. And obviously a huge game. It always is with these two teams. Uh, but mentioned at the top, what an opportunity for the Eagles here. And, and briefly, just to recap last week, Tremendous performance from Jalen Hurts. Tremendous performance from the offense. And what continues to impress me about this Eagles team, as they sit here 7-1, and one, is the multitude of ways that they find to win football games. Is you look so far, they've won seven of their eight games. They should be 8-0 right now. I mean, let's face it. They should have won the Jets game, too. That was one they gave away. Um, but it's going to happen in the NFL. Uh, I said it a billion times, but it's true. We got spoiled by watching the Eagles last year. Um, it, it's, it's you know, something that, that happens. I mean, teams, even the good ones, lose games they should win. Look at the Kansas City Chiefs last week. They go to Denver. Uh, they lose to a bad Bronco team. It happens. I mean, you're going to have bad losses uh, in the NFL. Um, the Eagles, unfortunately, had one against the Jets. But as they move forward here, uh, what's really impressed me is how they find ways to win games in so many different ways. And you look at it this season. You know, the Patriots game, one of those ugly games, you kind of got to grind out. Uh, Vikings game, offense, you know, comes up big. Um, Tampa game, it's the defense. Both Washington games, the offense steps up. The Rams game, a little bit of everything. Probably their best played game all season long. Uh, The defense plays great in that one. It's just like... You look, and the Dolphins game as well, defense is great. And it's just, they find ways to to win no matter what the situation is. Um, It's good coaching. It's good situational football. And yeah, you'd love them to play better at times. Like, the defense in both Washington games, they weren't good. I look at that more than anything as a credit to Eric Bieniemy, who is clearly doing a very good job in Washington, very familiar with the Eagles and how to attack them. And, I mean, he just out-coach Sean Desai in both those games this season. But when the Eagles' defense needed to make plays to win those games, they found a way to make them. I mean, they found a way to get it done. Reed Blankenship, who was having a bad game uh, before the interception on Sunday, makes a big pick in the fourth quarter. The Eagles found a way to get it done, found a way to win that football game, and now here they are at 7-1, and going up against the Dallas Cowboys this weekend, and a chance to really put away the division. Because you look at it, and I know the Eagles' schedule coming out of the bye is tough. Um, They got Kansas City, 
Buffalo, San Francisco at Dallas. Man, that's a that's a tough schedule. And if you go two and two in those four games, you will be extremely happy and satisfied with that. Um, but if the Eagles win the game this weekend and they get to eight and one, and the Cowboys are sitting there five and three, I just don't think Dallas is catching them. I, I really don't. And I think the Eagles are going to win this game. Uh, I mean, Dallas is a talented team. They are a good team. There's no doubt. But I've said it before, and I'll say it again, and I'll continue to say it. The Dallas Cowboys, I think, doomed their season when they decided to bring back Mike McCarthy as their head coach. I just cannot take that guy seriously. Um, And him pair with Dak Prescott, it's just not a winning combination. And you compare that to the other side. And one of the things about the Eagles, and when we analyze this team, that frustrates me so much. And that I think is is unfair to a degree is the way that we talk about Nick Sirianni. Because I feel like generally the assumption with Sirianni is he's just kind of like this, this uh, babysitter type guy who like, yeah, he's got this tremendous roster. And he's just got to kind of oversee things and, you know, be a cheerleader on the sidelines and stuff like that. It's still hard to win, man. Even if you have a really talented team. It is still hard to win. And Nick Sirianni, this team's always prepared. This team's always ready to go. And I don't think he gets nearly enough credit for how well coached the Eagles are. And and I think when you look back at that game this past Sunday, a perfect illustration of it was the fourth down play where the Eagles complete a pass to Devontae Smith. And at the time, I believe the game was 17-10. The offense hadn't really gotten rolling. Washington was still in front. The Eagles complete a long fourth down pass to Devontae Smith. And Ron Rivera, who, speaking of bad coaches, Ron Rivera is at that level now where he's a bad coach, um, is standing on the sideline like bewildered as the Eagles are racing to the line. And I don't know if Devontae Smith caught the ball or not. Might not have gotten overturned. I personally thought it was an incomplete pass. But the fact that the Eagles in that situation immediately run to the line, immediately, you know, run a play. That's good coaching. While Ron Rivera doesn't challenge the play, that was a game changer. The Eagles end up scoring a touchdown. That was a massive, massive play in that game that changed the complexion of that game. And it it was absolutely huge. And that's coaching. That's preparation. That's knowing if we are in a spot where it's at all questionable, we will give up the first down. Like, it doesn't matter. We got to make sure that that play stands, and the best way to make sure way to make sure it stands, don't leave it to the to the you know replay center. Just get up and run a play so they can't review it anymore. And I thought that was a massive factor in that game. And and you just see with the Eagles all the time, whether it's the executing of the tush push, whether it's just knowing what to do in situations, not committing penalties. I mean, the Eagles have really done a good job this year of not committing penalties. Remember that was an issue. In Sirianni's first year in 2021, they had a lot of illegal men down fields, a lot of illegal motions, stuff like that. That stuff doesn't happen anymore. And that's Sirianni evolving as a coach, and that's his team being disciplined. And I think it's a huge factor. And, you know, a really good win on Sunday. And the fact you're 7-1 and one puts you in a great spot. If the Eagles win this game, they would have a stranglehold in the division. 
and really put themselves in a good spot for the one seed because San Francisco's now lost three in a row. Uh, they are reeling. Um, you look at the other teams in the NFC, who's going to catch the Eagles? Like, nobody in the division. You got the Lions sitting there with two losses. The Lions, to their credit, they're better than I expected them to be. I thought they were going to be a fraud. They are not a fraud. They're not going to finish with a better record than the Eagles. I- I'd be shocked. Like, the Lions, I still think... There are losses in there. The, the, at best, I think they finished twelve and five. I think they're probably more of a an eleven and sixteen. They're going to win that division, but they're not going to catch the Eagles. Everybody in the South stinks. And then you look out west. You know, like I said, it's San Fran, it's Seattle. Who they're they're I don't think going to win that amount of games either. The Rams, same thing. Um, so I think this game is is really big for the Eagles this week. If you can win this game, it puts you in a great position not to just win this division, uh, but get the one seed in the NFC. And in the NFL, that buy is so important. It is so critical. And I think the Eagles find a way to win. Um, You know, the Cowboys have a very good defense. I think the Eagles do need to run the ball a little bit, uh, maybe more in this game than they have the past couple weeks. But my offensive game plan... And I know it's it's tough this week because the Cowboys are probably going to shadow him with Stephon Gilmore. But the season A.J. Brown is having right now is incredible. And, you know, I know the debate's been going on the last couple of days. What season was better, this season from A.J. Brown or the 2004 season from Terrell Owens? I don't think it's close. I mean, the, the 04 season from T.O. was great. But you look at what A.J. Brown is doing on a weekly basis. He is taking over games. Like, absolutely taking over games. And this is now, what, six straight weeks of 125-plus yards receiving? That is incredible. Like, that is just dominant. And right now, he's maybe the most unstoppable player in the NFL. That is the level A.J. Brown is playing at this year. And it's come at the expense of Devontae Smith a little bit. Coming to the expense of Dallas Goddard. But another testament to this team and the unselfishness of this team is that they are not dealing with a bunch of guys that are unhappy. You know, they're not dealing with a bunch of players who are upset about their touches. Because whatever works, works for them. You know, whatever is winning games is what they will go with. And right now, A.J. Brown is dominating. Now, I don't know. This week, maybe Stephon Gilmore does take him out to a degree. Maybe it is a bigger Devontae Smith week. Maybe it is a bit bigger Dallas Goddard week. Maybe DeAndre DeAndre Swift gets it going on the ground a little bit. Uh, but I expect the Eagles to win. I think the defense gets back to playing really well. It's weird how the defense has been great this season. Uh, they totally shut down the Miami Dolphins. But the only two bad games they played are against Sam Howell and the Commanders. It's very, very strange that the the commanders of the offense it's given them so much fits as i said earlier i think that's more eric b enemy than anything else uh but i'm really excited for this game i think the eagles win it um and you know move to eight and one and if they're at eight and one going into that bye that's huge and another factor with the eagles that has been a big deal this year is jalen hart's health and i think that would give you a real interesting decision to make because people won't like this idea but if you win this game and you go into the bye 8-1. and one. You then have a bye week. Then you have the, the Chiefs on Monday Night Football. I would not be opposed to holding Jalen Hurts out of that game. And I'll explain it this way. Like, 
if you think, and, and I'm not a doctor, obviously, so I don't know what the nature of Jalen Hurts' situation is. Apparently, he's got a bone bruise on the knee. Now, will time help that? I don't know. But if it will, if you think he could benefit from getting an extra week, then just start Mariota in the Chiefs game. And yeah, you're probably going to lose that game. Um, you're going to be an underdog in that game anyway, regardless of who plays. You're in Kansas City on a Monday night. Uh, that's a tough place to win. But if you think that Jalen Hurts could really be benefited by getting that extra week, I think you do it because then you're looking at him having three full weeks between playing games. And the most important thing is to have him healthy down the stretch and into the playoffs, or at least as healthy as can be. I don't know if that knee's going to be right at any time this year, but it's something I'd at least consider. And it would be easier to do that if you win this game, you're at 8-1, because if you're at 7-2 and two, and you let the Cowboys creep closer, it's just going to be more difficult um, to make that kind of decision and to, you know, hold off Dallas in the division. So I think that's something the Eagles at least need to entertain. Not saying you definitely hold him out. Um, again, if if this is something that he's going to be playing with and, and rest isn't going to help it, then sure, he goes out and plays. But if he can get a legitimate benefit from sitting three straight weeks, then I think that's something you got to consider, and it makes it a lot easier if the Eagles win this game. I think they will. Um, I'm going to take the Eagles to win this game. I'll say, I'll say 28 24 Eagles. I do think it's going to be a good game. I do think it's going to be competitive. Uh, but in the end, uh, I think the Eagles win it. But that'll do it for Trash Talk with TK today. Uh, today is Thursday. So I will be on WIP uh, tomorrow night, Friday night, hosting the evening show from 7 to 10. So I'll talk to you then. Uh, thank you to everybody for listening uh, to Trash Talk with TK. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 